Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. How are we? Are we excited to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Okay, um, we have some seats here in front. Those that are seated at the back, if you could please join us here. We still have some seats. Can you raise your hands, those that have still uh, spaces? Please don't, I don't know if the, the word is shy, but just, we will wait for you. Come please to the front. Thank you, thank you for those that want to come. Thank you. We'll wait for you. Okay. Can everybody hear me at the back? You can hear. Great. Okay. So there are still seats if you still want to come. While they decide to come or not, my name is Nelson Prada. Okay. Many people they, they say, is it Prada? No, it's not Prada. It's Prada. It's like the shoes. Eh? I'm, unfortunately, I'm not related to them because if I was related to them, probably I won't be here. Okay? So that is my name. Uh, I am an elder of the church. Uh, those that are visiting us, we are not just sitting in this place. This is our Dorado Church. We have another church in uh, the, the location that is called Babylon. Our church there is called Victory. And we have a church at Unam Campus. This year we plan to expand further than that. We are planning to go to Chiborongo. We are planning to go to Chomise. So we are ready to go far and beyond. Amen? Great. So I just, uh, one, I, I just have a couple of announcements. One, again, we are not in just this uh, city. We are also a worldwide movement for those that don't know. And next Sunday, we have a guest speaker. Okay? He's coming from Tswane. Uh, his name is uh, Pretorius. He's going to come and uh, share, us, share to us about discipleship. We are a church that believes in discipleship. What is discipleship? Yeah, we are following Christ and we will disciple others, then the others, they will follow us. Are we together? Yeah. So, uh, Philip Pretorius is coming next Sunday and he's going to teach us, guide us, impart on us the heart, the desire to raise disciples. Number two is... Uh, as you heard last week, we are becoming now too many. And that is, praise the Lord, it's good that we're becoming too many. Eh? Because we need to fill the earth with the presence of the Lord. Eh? We need to change what we are, our current circumstances are to what the kingdom of God looks like in every single sphere. Eh? In marriages, we want to change it. In the youth, we want to change it. I don't know if you are seeing... Uh, recently, uh, one learner in Okahanja stabbed one teacher. Eh? So things are, getting a, things are going a little bit out of hand, and we, the church, are there to make changes, 
to make the difference, to bring forth what the, Lord, the kingdom of God looks like. Amen? Great. So, uh, we are encouraging, especially the young professionals, to join our evening service. We have another service at 6 o'clock, yeah? and we are encouraging the young professionals to join that service so that you, you can share and discuss ideas on how to bring the kingdom of God into your workplaces, into your environments. If you are not working, at least you will get the blessing from those that are working. That, you know, you want to shake hands from those that are working. Are we together? Amen. So, uh, for those that have been with us since the beginning of January, we are going through a series of Amazing Grace. How many of us we were from the 5th of January here? Can we raise our hands? Okay, so you know that we are going through amazing grace. Is it changing the way we are looking at things? Yes, eh? Is it changing fundamentally the things that we are looking at things? Is it shaking our grounds? Yes, that's what we want and we are going to continue shaking our grounds. Amen? So, just a quick Fast and Furious, <laughs> quick and dirty recap. So, sorry for the word. Sometimes in, uh, in, uh, in some places they say it like that. Eh? Okay, so we heard about abundant grace. It was Pastor Chris uh, talking. It was about Romans 5, 15, 21. Grace is a free gift. Eh? Then Pastor Hilma continued with Justifying grace. Eh? We are declared innocent. Not just that we are not found guilty, eh? is we are innocent. If you are in a court of law eh? and you were like supposed to be guilty of have stolen, eh? that you went to the court of law with that, then you are totally declared you were you were not even there, you are innocent. Are we together? Then Malcolm spoke about the process of sanctifying grace. And last week, Pastor Chris again spoke of sufficient grace. Eh? So it is interesting. On Monday, we met. We have, for those that know, we have intercession on Mondays. We come together and we pray. It was interesting. Pastor Chris was saying even that Sunday, you remember those that were here, is that we will face difficulties. Ne? We have that thorn in our flesh. Can be either your spouse, can be your children, can you be your colleagues, can be your car, can be many things. So <laughs> Pastor Chris was sharing with us on Monday, he, his car was giving out of the blue from nowhere problems. And then he was saying, what is happening here? Eh? And then he started rebuking, he started uh, changing things, and things were fixed. Are we together? So when we, when we appropriate the things of the kingdom of God, things will happen, but we have the sufficiency in the Lord to make things change. Are we together? Yeah. And so many of you probably have so many testimonies. Now, one important thing, uh, Barbara, that is leading intercession, she shared with us... Uh, uh, messages from a pastor that is called Derek Prince. 
And Derek Prince says the following, to overcome Satan. Eh? Some of us, we want to overcome Satan. Eh? We want to bring him down. Yes. Now, we have the grace that is sufficient, that is abundant. Eh? And to overcome Satan is when we testify personally what the Word of God says and the blood of Jesus does for us. When we internalize that and we are not shy to testify about the goodness of God, what the Word of the Lord says, and what the blood of Jesus does for us, then is we are defeating the enemy. Are we together? Amen. So, his grace is sufficient for me. That strengthens me. It makes me perfect in my weaknesses. So, are we ready to continue enriching our lives with that grace, with that abundant grace? You know, grace, and just one more thing before we, we go ahead with the topic. Grace is access. Eh? We were on um, Saturday, Friday night. All the men here gathered and speaking about destiny and about direction and things. And we were with Pastor Klassen. And it, the, when we were praying, it was just so thick. The presence of the Lord was so thick. Eh? You could feel it. We were praying, we, we had a, a tunnel prayer for the men and everything. And there were so many prophecies released. But some, if we are not bold enough, we won't hold. We won't take hold of this. So grace, what it does, is gives you access to the abundance, to the sufficiency, to everything, to forgiveness, to righteousness, justification, to everything. It's up, it's up to you to grab it, to get hold of it. Eh? And mercy is just that you, you could have been dead today. It's just because of your mercy that we are here. But grace gives you access to all what is in the Lord. Amen? So are we ready to get more access? Right. Great. So what do you think I have here? Eh? I hear some whispers. Seeds. I have seeds. Okay, this is coming from my field. Obviously, if I have my field, I will have much bigger than this, isn't it? I cannot bring all the sacks that I will harvest from my field. Now, these are the seeds. Now, can I eat all of this? Can I give it away, all of it? Yes, I can. Can I give it away? Can I eat it all? Huh? Eh? Bella? Okay. Very good. Anybody else? Wants to give a try? There is no right and wrong answer? Huh? Can I give it all? Can I eat it all? Very good. If I give it all, 
If I eat it all, what will I use in the next season? Huh? I won't have nothing, isn't it? I will just finish it all. Eh? I need to have something for the next season. Are we together? Right. But 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Are we together? So if I throw it all, I won't have nothing to put again in my field. Now, if I put cashona, small, little, ne, plain, I will also get plain, few. If I throw a lot of seeds, what will happen? I will get a lot of it. Ne? And then the next season, I can do more and more and more. So, now we are going to talk about enriching grace. How amazing grace transforms our finances. One of the biggest principles in the Bible is about reaping and sowing. It is also in the, in the final financial world. Eh? Some of you are working in banks, some of you are in the investment. If I keep my money, what can happen? It won't grow. If I, if I put my money under my mattress or in my mattress, what will happen? It will not grow. Even the moth, you remember now because of the rains, we had a lot of moth ne, this year. So what can happen to our money? It will be even eaten by the moth. Are we together? So it is a godly principle to sow and reap. So while I was preparing for these sermons, I had discussions with the Lord, with my family, with friends, with colleagues, and realized two things. One, the messages about finances are increasing. Eh? If you go to every, any church, even on TV, if you go to any church, everybody's speaking about finances, especially now that is January. Eh? We are now in February, but you know what happens in January. There is a lot of things. So people are talking and people are hopeful, waiting for that miracle. When is the money coming <laughs> to my bank account? Eh? When is it coming? And we wait seated for the money to come in. Tilly, 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 or to, on your cell phone. And some of us now, we, in a, we get the money on our cell phones. We know that the money has reached. Are we together? Because there are so many needs. And another thing that I realize is that, particularly in Namibia, giving is not a foreign concept. Eh? In other parts of the world, giving is a bit of difficult because People are more in nuclear setups. Eh? There is no extended families. So giving is not really there. But in Namibia, giving is normal. People always are speaking about giving. Eh? Regardless if you are unemployed or you are employed, you still have to give eh? for weddings, for funerals, and for so many things. Are we together? So, don't raise your hands, but something very current. Many of you were or are being approached 
by your family members for school fees, stationaries, transport, accommodation, eh? so many needs now in particular. And some of you are also approaching people. Some of you are being approached. Some of you are approaching people for those needs. Are we together? Yeah? It's a very interesting thing. You know, I work for an NGO, and we support uh, children to complete their school. Eh? We help them, not only that they finish the school, but they also excel. So it's easy to, you know, to, to make them go and study hard and everything. So, you know, Mosni, end of the year, when the results come, grade 12, and then everybody's in the, well, at least in the past, you know, going through the newspaper, oh, this one passed, this one passed. So then the, the elders, the family members at home, they're giving $50, $100, well done, my faithful servant, eh, to the child that has passed. Now February comes, when it's time to pay the school fees, ah, who told you to pass? <laughs> eh? Because now is the time to give. It's not anymore $50, $20. Now it has to thousands. Eh? It has to be in the thousands. So uh, it is an, a very interesting season and topic. So let's bow our heads as we start elaborating on the topic. Thank you, Lord, for this time we can come before you and talk about grace and reaching grace, Father God that we can access what you have for us. Regardless if we are in the giving end or in the receiving end, Father God, we pray that you open our hearts, that you open our minds, that the scales of our eyes fall, Father God, that, the, that our ears are wide open to hear what the word of the Lord has to say. We thank you, Lord, because we are going to appropriate the promises of God and change our circumstances change, Father God, the lives of people. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. So, what is the context of 2 Corinthians 9.6? We read the first one ne, that you need to. So, ne, that is 2 Corinthians 9.6. So, is Paul talking now to the Corinthians to give? Eh? Is the, is, uh, it's not only 2 Corinthians 9, but it's also 2 Corinthians 8. So he's telling to the Corinthians, give. Why he's telling them to give? Is because in Jerusalem, there were people going through difficulties. There were poor people in Jerusalem. You remember? The gospel started in Jerusalem eh? and spread all over. So there was difficulties in Jerusalem. First, there was a famine. Eh? Secondly, the people, you know, started uh, becoming Christians, and the Jews started now victimizing the Christians. So there were issues, and there was poverty. So Romans, thank you. Thank you, love. It's my wife, my, my beautiful wife. Yeah. So give, and you shall receive. <laughs> Later, my love. Okay, so in Romans 15:25, it reads, "But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Acacia, 
Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. So, this is coming from Romans, but Corinthians speaks about it. So, Paul was raising money wherever he was. In all the different churches, he was saying there is people that are in need, and we need those that can please give to the ones that are in need. Okay? So, our mission, I don't know if we have our mission. Those that are familiar with our mission, it's, it reads, we exist to honor God okay? as, a, as a church. We exist to honor God, first and foremost. To establish Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches. So, as our mission says, we cannot just go and minister and go with empty hands. Auntie Katrina leads the hospital outreach. How can we go and pray for the sick? Eh? Oh, in Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord heal you, and amen, and go to the next bed. Oh, the Lord bless you, heal you, and then go to the next bed. And, uh, is that how the kingdom of God moves? No, you know there are needs. The people are hungry. The people are thirsty. Some of them are coming from other regions. They don't even have clothes. There is no even somebody to take them to be washed. We need, wherever we go to minister the word of God, we cannot just go with a prayer or spiritualizing things. We need also to get involved. We also need to give. We need to give. We need to show the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has Come and show. Amen? What if the person gets healed? Just imagine, some of us, we just go for, we will read later, out of obligation. What if the person gets healed and is in the process of recovery? And, and then some of us, we will say, oh, I didn't sign up for this. Eh? For me, it was just to pray that you get well. But now what if the person gets better? We had a case I don't know if you, last year, the person, it was bedridden. Eh? It was bedridden. Then people went praying. He started getting better and better. So he needed now a wheelchair. Then he needed to come out of the hospital. Then he needed to go support and so many things. What if he just says pray and that's finished? Do you think is that the kingdom of God? No. We need to do more than that. Amen? Yeah, just... just one more example about this. Uh, no, let me let me move to the next. So, just to quickly mention, you you heard Akaya Akaya in Macedonia in the in the other verse. Can we go back? Yeah. If you go to Romans, it says the third line pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contributions. Are you there? Now let's go. For those that are interested to always know, you know, there are some people that are inquisitive. So you see in the northern part is Macedonia. In the southern part is Achaia. In Macedonia, we have churches like Philippi. Some of you remember, in the Bible, it talks about Philippi, Thessalonica, and other things. And then in Achaia, we have Corinth. Eh? Now, in Romans 
uh, sorry, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul is exhorting Corinthians to give. And is exhorting them to give, comparing with the people of Macedonia. Macedonia, the people were poor. They were not like the people in Corinth, that they were more wealthy, more established. They were having businesses. Things were flourishing. Ne? In uh, Macedonia, it was more or less like in our current situation. There is drought. There is no rain. The businesses are going a bit low. Eh? But then, yet, the people decided to give, to contribute. Are we together? So then, Paul is telling to the, Corin to the Corinthians, please follow the example of our brothers that are in Macedonia. Because from their poverty, from their scarcity, they are giving to the people in Jerusalem. So it's not about just, if I have money, I will give. Ne? If uh, things are moving, things, if things are, oh, the, things, the money is coming, it's like I am collecting money from the trees. Ne? It's not only when things are going well, but I will give even when things are not going well. Amen? So, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not gradually, or of necessity. That says in now in 2 Corinthians 9.7. Gradu grudgingly, it means in a reluctant or resentful manner. So based on this verse, we can see that we have intentions or motives in our hearts when we give. Okay? Sometimes we are not very clean. Sometimes when we give to people, we are not just straight. We have expectations. So let's talk about different postures when we give. I got to give. It's an obligation. Eh? It is an obligation. I am the breadwinner. Eh? How many of us, don't need to raise your hands, so how many of us we are breadwinners in the house? And everybody follows. Eh? We are the firstborn and then everybody follows. And then we need to make sure that everybody is assisted to go to the, to the school. So is, is that obligation that I paid for you to go to school? Now you need to help that one. Ne? And you, you have to help that one. And so on and so forth. Ne? How many of us will identify with that? And then sometimes it's also... Moral obligation. How many of us we go to the streets, to the shops, and we see the street children? Eh? Is that moral obligation? Now, I, what, these people are suffering. I have some money. Can I give? Eh? Is that moral obligation? Or when we see those that know Malcolm. Eh? So, so many of you know Malcolm. When you see Malcolm coming here, you know already. Ah. Uh, is the building fund. Eh? Then you're already in your heart just saying, ah, yeah. not again that gentleman, eh? not again that brother. So is that obligation? Eh? Others, others they give to get. Eh? It's an investment or an expectation. It is, it is contractual. Nowadays everything is very contractual. Eh? Even marriages is very contractual. I will, 
I am giving you this, but when I am asking you something, don't say no. Eh? Don't say no. So it's always that relationship. Eh? I'm sending you to school today, but when, when is your time, then you need to send my children to school. Just as a, as a testimony, you know, my wife, she, she was born in exile. And uh, when she was in exile, she was left when she was eight months old. And then an, a lady took care of her and breastfed her and yeah, took care while the mother was busy studying. Now, now time, years pass by, we are already married and we get a call. Guess who? <laughs> Guess who? Some of you are already laughing. You know, is that lady? Is that lady? Ah, you remember? How will you remember? You were eight months. <laughs> Do you remember? I was uh, when you were in exile. What? What? I took care of you and I was breastfeeding you, and now my child has to go to UNAM. Eh? Has to go to UNAM and what? What? And we don't have money. And so on and so forth. So now you wonder and you say, oh, because it's contract, eh? Say now, <laughs> the lady now is expecting something. Now you start making calculations and say, how much milk really I drank? <laughs> is, is, is this now worth one year? One year at university? Eh? Is it two years? Is it three years? Eh? So things get a bit, a bit complicated when we talk about now that contractual part. Now, sh how much should I really give you? Ne? Because sometimes it's very interesting. Ne? You give to somebody, eh? you give to somebody, but sometimes that person is not even asking you, like in the case of my wife. She was small, ne? she didn't even ask. Probably the mother. Ne? And you can always say, no, but it was not me, it was my mother. And again, you know, it's the contractual part. Uh, so, it's always that issue, if, it is, if it you expect something, is now, how much is it really? Because some, some people will say, because it's not nothing written in paper, many people can take advantage of it. And some people, they get that, those things in their heart. Now, what, what should I do? Are we together? Now let's go back to the word. Second Corinthians, now we are reading uh, chapter 9, verse 8 and 9. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. So, one, God loves a cheerful giver. Once you give, is given. And that sometimes we need to make terms. Either you do it by obligation or either you do it because it's a contract in your heart. You need to make terms because sometimes, you know, Godfrey, Godfrey is my big brother. He comes to me and says, oh man, I don't have money. I, don't, I want to buy a maize meal. Eh? Because I'm short. 
Then I quickly make my calculations. How much is maize meal? 10 kgs is around 70, 80 Namibian dollars. Eh? I can give them the $100 dollars yeah, because I am a bit generous. You know? So I give him $100. But then in the afternoon, I see Godfrey now drinking a Coke. <laughs> and a two street wise. <laughs> huh? Hello? You asked me for maize meal. Eh? You asked me for maize meal. From where does this now coke and, and two streetwise come from? You know, I, I sweat for my $100. Some people, they don't appreciate the fact that you really work for your $100. Eh? Eh, well, yeah, look, she's even saying, ah, yeah, she will go and say, give me back my, <laughs> give me back my, give me that coke. <laughs> give me the leftover that coke. That, uh, you know, also another example from our family, our kids are big. Eh? And uh, you know when the kids are big, they don't need much anymore the strollers. Eh? They don't need anymore those things that you, you use to push the kids. So we gave away to a family member, the stroller. Very nice one. Very expensive. Even went far and beyond. We even went to, to the Americas with that stroller. So that stroller even know how other countries look like. Even has stickers of, of abroad. We give to the person. Later we go to the house. Long and behold, the stroller outside in the yard, being part of rain, the sun, the dogs, broken. And then you say, but. It cost me money, whatever it was. I had even personal attachments to the stroller. I, I was expecting you will use it, or at least will value that I gave you, yet you totally disregard what I am giving you. Okay? So the issue with us as human beings is that we have expectations. One, first of all, we give by obligation. Eh? Two, we give as a contract eh, in return of something. And especially even if it is an obligation or that, we expect that the person that is in the receiving end will value what we have given. Eh, they will say, okay, I treasure. I, want, I will respect the $100 of Nelson and I won't buy a, a Coke. I, I, will, I will buy a maize meal, you know. I will honor my word. But sometimes we don't do that. So... Now, how does this relate now to grace? How does this relate to God? You know, when God died for us, he didn't say, okay, I am sharing my blood for you, but it's only for thousand sins. Did he say that? Did he say, okay, I am dying for you, like a contract, eh? I'm dying for you, but only is for your past sins. If for the present ones, you need to, you know, do something. You need to, you need to give to the church. Eh? You need to visit the sick. You need to help. Is it saying that? Eh? When God died for us, he gave it all. He was not expecting that tomorrow, after being born again, you will sin again. He was not judging you and saying, ah, this one, mm, this one. 
like we judge ne? our uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces, ah, this one, I know. When God, when Jesus died for us, when God sent Jesus to die for us, He was not judging you or you or you. He was not judging, He was not limiting His blood and saying, no, this is only for this or this is only for that. He was not doing that. He gave it all. And the expectation is the same. Eh? If we are giving, we should give it all. If we are giving, we should be not under obligation. It shouldn't be under a contract. It should be out of, I freely receive, I freely give. And in the kingdom of God works, the more you give, the more you will receive. In the Bible says, if you give to the poor, it's as you are lending to the Lord. It's so many verses in the Bible that speaks about prosperity, but it's about you taking an active position first of believing that God will reward what you are doing. And it's not because of the reward. Again, there's not, it's very easy, even in marriage. Marriage, again, is a covenant. Those that are married, you will understand. Marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. And it's easy to fall very easily into contract. And saying, if I do this for you, my love, I expect this. It's just, it's, it shouldn't work like that. It is all. I give you all what I have. Amen? Let's go back to the word. Second Corinthians 9, 10, and 11. Now, many he who supplied seed to the sower. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So grace giving, we are, as, as we are concluding, grace giving, key elements like the Macedonians. Number one, we need to give beyond our means. We need to give it all. And it's what we have purpose in our hearts. Eh? We shouldn't just give to be poor. Eh? We shouldn't just, I am giving him too much that at the end of the day now he is much more than me. God speaks about equality. Eh? We need to give in such a fashion that it also doesn't hurt us. Those that are married again, it shouldn't, we shouldn't give that it also creates problems in the house. Eh? Or those that are not married, at least you have your children. You shouldn't give money at the expense of your children or at the expense of your studies. It should be you need to pray about it. You need to ask the Lord. Number two, they gave this despite being in big trials and deep poverty. First, you, what you desire in your heart. Two, you don't look at your circumstances. No, I'm too young. I still have to do my house. I still want to buy my car. I still want to do this and that. You 
don't look at your circumstances you give because the needs are today. Many people, they need a miracle today. If we are not careful to listen, many people might not receive that blessing. Are we together? And number three, the, the, the Corinthians, uh, sorry, the Macedonians, they gave themselves to the Lord. God loves a cheerful giver. We need to ask the Lord. You know, again, it's, it's very difficult as we grow into giving, it's very difficult the judging part. Ah, should I give or shouldn't I give? Who will know better if you, you should give or not? It's the Lord. And how much and everything. So if you have a relationship with God, then you know that you can give and it will return in, in hundredfold. The Bible says that it will return hundredfold. And number four, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He's the one that supplies the seeds. You know, this, is, this came to, from my field, but at the end of the day, who gives the seeds? Is God. Who gives you the money that you have in your pocket? Is God. Who gives you the work that you have? Is God. Who gives you the health that you have today? Is God. Who gives you everything that you have? Is God. Okay? Just to finalize as a summary, enriching grace. The receiver is being blessed. Ne? Today, you might be in the receiving end. But as you receive, you will also be giving. The giver is being enriched. The more you give, the more you will receive. And at the end of the day, God's name will be honored. Amen? The bell is not a bell until you ring it. The song is not a song until you sing it. Joy is not joy until you share it. Love is not love until you give it away. You cannot say I love it if you don't give. Eh? Seed is not a seed until you sow it, until you put it on the ground. It's not a seed. It's just something you eat. And wealth is not wealth until it is not in circulation. You need to make it circulate. Amen? Amen. Great. With that, we have concluded. May the Lord bless you. May you have a prosperous week. May you sow and see the fruit of the work of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I just want to extend an invitation. If you want to know this giver that is God, if you want to be participate of his kingdom, that is one, grace is access. If you want to access the kingdom of God, please come. We will pray for you. Those that, want, that are looking for a job, those that are having difficult decisions this week, uh, either to give or either to receive, you are also welcome to come to the front. We will be praying for you. And in the meantime, I just want to close in prayer, just sending you. Uh, for the rest of the day. I thank you, Lord, for, because you are a good God. Thank you, Lord, because you are not operating in a contract with us. Thank you, Lord, because you love us. You love us unconditionally. You gave it all. When you died in the cross, you gave all of it. You gave your life for our past, present, and future sins. You also gave us access to 
plenty to the resources that are in the heavens, Father God. I pray for my brothers and sisters as they go from this uh, venue, from this church, Father God, that you open the doors of heaven, Father God, that they receive what they are seeking for, that what they, Father God, that they give abundantly and plentifully, Father God, to other people, that they can, we, can, we can resemble the church of the book of Acts, Father God, that we can love each other, that we cannot say love, 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 it cannot demonstrate. Father God, we pray that this church resemble your presence, that this church resemble your kingdom, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we bless each and every one. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.